back, everybody. We are going into week three of college football here. This is our episode nine. Kicking it with the grid. We got Gridiron Uncensored. Got our boys Trevor over here. We got Blake. Of course, you got me, Brendan. And guys, it's kind of a lower profile week compared to last week, what we saw. It's kind of, you know, people are playing it down. But I, I still, I'm still excited about this one. I think there's some good matchups, some potential for teams looking forward. It may not happen, probably not, but still, it's there's potential for it, and that's what I like is the potential. First game, uh, Trevor is excited about this one, is old Florida State and Boston College. It's always a good game, and it's always one that, in the past, Florida State's kind of struggled with. They've kind of, they kind of slip up. They do this almost every year in the ACC. They find a way to just blow it. So are, are they going to be looking forward to next week? I don't know. It's potent- potential. Trevor, you got, what, what do you think on this one? Honestly, I think it's an upset alert, to be perfectly honest with you. I think Florida State's on a super big high. Boston College is, in the past, very well known for their fronts. They're very they're very tough. They play tough. Always play, play their opponents tough, especially within the ACC. They play really tough. They... I I kind of lot Boston College and Pitt kind of in the same category of that on any given Saturday they can mess somebody's season up. And that's where I think this one might go. However, I do I do tend to lean towards Florida State in this one, but I do think it's going to be a lot tougher game for Florida State than people might think. I will just throw a quick little thing in. If Boston College can somehow it'll it ain't gonna happen. Florida State <laughs> is going to steamroll Boston College. It will not even be a game. Hey, I most likely that's the you know most likely course of action. But I you just never want know to make a point teams. that the last time Blake blurted out, "Oh, they're gonna get steamrolled." Colorado whooped whooped on and took control of TCU. I'm just saying. It's fair. That's fair. All is fair in love and war. In college football. Next up, though, Penn State, Illinois. Illinois really hasn't proven anything. We we thought they, they might be able to contend a little bit, at least for the Big Ten West. But Penn State's got a big game next week. Could they easily look them over? I think so. Well, we still – we saw Penn State against West Virginia. That was really their only test, and West Virginia, I wouldn't even call a test. So we'll, we'll see what Penn State's actually got and if Illinois can try to play spoiler. Uh, that should be a good one. Bama, USF. Bama's traveling to USF. Bama's got a big game the week after. I don't see it. I mean, Bama's a talented team, but if Milrose still still starting, I guess anything's possible. Blake, you got anything on that one? I know you steamroll. It's going to happen, but. I, I wouldn't my- say it. I wouldn't say it. If if Milrose on the field, there's always a chance for that other team to win the game. Uh, I do look for this game, though, to be like a statement game for Alabama. They've got a rebound from the Texas game. And the players, you know, you keep seeing all these things on social media. They're pissed. They're this. Oh, Alabama's players are mad. I keep seeing that everywhere. Players only meeting. The players are livid. 
well, you know, you can be as mad as you want, but if you suck, you suck. Like they've got to make some big improvements. You can be mad all day, but we've got to be mad on the field. Mad in the locker room doesn't get us anywhere. But I, I look to see a lot of different people playing. I think he's going to be looking for the leadership and try to find players to fill leadership roles on both sides of the ball. So I, I think it'll be a test game again. Even though we should have had this figured out, we evidently didn't. So it'll be a fun game to watch. I, I just like the fact that they're traveling and that they're they're going to USF. I think that's neat. And I talked about it earlier. I wish more teams would do home and homes, even against the uh, you know the lower level you know conferences. I, I think that's a cool thing to do. Another one: Oregon State, San Diego State. Oregon State's got Washington State next week. Could easily be a look-ahead game for, for them. San Diego State's always a sneaky team. They run hard. They're, they're coached well. not saying they've got the talent to do it, but, again, it's, it's one that's possible. And I think the one that everybody's kind of hoping for <laughs> is Wyoming beating Texas is what everybody's right now is like, horns down, we got to go, go beat them. Wyoming, can you take two Texas teams down this year? They already knocked off Texas Tech, as you guys know. I don't see this one happening. I think Wyoming just got lucky. Uh, they, you know, they caught Texas Tech, who's looking ahead to Oregon. Now, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it does. But again, it's a look ahead week. They're gonna. They're gonna bull rush them right out of the field. They're gonna. They're, that bull. That that <laughs> that Texas Longhorn's gonna come pull, put a horn right through the horse. And take them out. <laughs> it's it's over, man. It's over before it even started. Like it, putting a horn through the horse. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. I like I like hearing that one. Obviously, again, like you said, low profile week. For, you know, is what everybody's saying. But we've got some good ones here. I going into our games of the week. These are our five picks that we're going to break down. First one up, the big one: Kansas State at Mizzou. I think this one's a really good game. It's a five, only a five-point spread in favor of Kansas State. Last I checked, it, the line might have moved. Um, but it, honestly, both teams, it's just been a quiet stretch. We haven't really heard about either one of them. Uh, you know, they're just doing doing their thing, making it through their first two games, except Mizzou barely made it out alive last week. So I, I, I don't know about this one. I think it's going to be close. I think we're really going to learn how these play, how these teams are. Will Howard, he hasn't had a horrible start, but he's had two picks. 547 yards passing, five touchdowns, and he's had three rushing touchdowns too. So, you know, he's going to get his on the ground. Really, this game's going to hinge on him just having a good game against a solid Missouri defense. Uh, and really, it's just Kansas State limiting the mistakes. And Missouri is going to have to force Will Howard into the mistakes. So that's just the defense against Will Howard, I I think, is the real thing. And we'll get into the picks later. But it should be close. But I don't know if Mizzou's got it in them. All I can say to this particular game is that it's going to hinge specifically on the Mizzou defense against the Kansas Kansas State offense. And I think – if Mizzou wins the battle with their with Kansas State's offense, I think Mizzou's offense is really good enough to take on Kansas State's defense and win that game for them. 
if Mizzou's defense can stand up and take them out. Now, they've done really well over the past couple of games. They've allowed 100 rushing yards, about two yards per carry, which is really good for a defense that's – I could – you could argue is not really well known for that, being a good rush run-stopping team. But I think that's the – that like I said, that's the biggest thing is that Mizzou's defense can stand them up. I think Mizzou's offense can take care of business. I agree. It's a pretty evenly matched game. I give the edge to Kansas State just because Will Howard knows the system. He's been there for four years. I, he's a smart quarterback. He has thrown the two picks this year. But Kansas State, they've always got a good offense. Missouri does have a good offense too, though, and I agree with you, Trevor. I think that they could they can hang in there with Kansas State. And it is going to be how does their defense hold up against Kansas State's offense. If they can shut them down and get them off the field – keep them from converting on third downs. They could walk out of there with a win, but it'll be a good game to watch. I just give the edge to Kansas State just because of the experience at quarterback. And obviously I think that's a theme every year is quarterbacks win games. You got to have elite quarterback play to, to win the big ones, to win your conference. And right now it's Kansas State has that solid quarterback play. He's a vet, He's a veteran. He's been around – Let's not forget he was there last year. They won the the Big Twelve championship game. So, I mean, this this is a good team. They just let's let's see what they got. This is their first real test against a real defense. Next up, Louisiana State LSU number fourteen. They're going to Mississippi State. They're nine and a half point favorites. Uh, LSU is. This is a game that LSU needs to really rebound because yeah, they had kind of that. You know, the game last week against Grambling and, you know, were able to kind of lick their wounds and feel better about themselves. But it's Grambling. Now you're playing SEC football. You got to get back into it after being hit in the mouth week one. And honestly being embarrassed in the second half. So they got to find a way to come out, bring energy, and, and get this game started fast. Mississippi State came off a tight win against Arizona last week, too. They, they had to go to overtime. So how, how are they going to respond to that? Are they, you know, what's their energy levels like? What, what are they feeling? Uh, this, this is a big weekend for them to, to really try to stay, take a step into the SEC West with a, a division that's so wide open. Uh, Will Rogers, though, I think he's going to be the key to this for, for Mississippi State. He's been around the block. He's had good numbers. He just has to play perfect, though, because that LSU defense is still good. Even though they they got blown out in the second half for the Florida State game, really, again, that the whole team looked just lackluster in the second half. So let's see if LSU can can get back on track and play a full game instead of just, you know, dipping out at halftime and uh, getting the wind knocked out of them. So can LSU take a punch? If not, look out for Mississippi State. I think they are a good team. Well, we kind of know LSU can take a punch because they got a first-round knockout from FSU. So, um, after that, it's just about how how much they can get back up and play because I highly doubt Kelly's going to allow his team to show that kind of effort another in another in an SEC game. I feel like there's going to be major problems for that team if if Brian Kelly – sees the kind of effort 
again this game. I don't think that's going to happen. I think LSU is going to come out hungry. I think they're going to come out angry. And an angry LSU team is never good for anybody. And in this case, it's not going to be good for Mississippi State. Mississippi State is going to have to contain Jaden Daniels. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. They struggled to do it against Arizona. But they do have a solid defense. I just think LSU is – they're on a vengeance. I think they were skittish in their game against Florida State. I think it caught them off guard. I believe they went in there thinking they had the SEC, just that raw talent. I thought they were going to go in there and just take it. And sometimes when you get punched in the mouth, it humbles you. And I think that's what happened to them. So I look for them to come out and take this one. But Mississippi State does have a good team. Will Rogers, he's a veteran. He's been there, done that. He's been in these intense situations like this. So anything can happen in college football as we've seen this year. But I like LSU in this one too. So, Yeah. And I think for LSU, another thing is getting that running game going, not just using Jaden Daniels. They need to try to keep him clean in the pocket and just let him deal the ball. Uh, Obviously, you know, you got to let him use his legs because that's – that's a huge part of his game and gets him motivated, gets him going and in the groove. But again, he cannot be the lead rusher every week or there he's one, he's going to go down Two, it's not sustainable. You got to have somebody else, you know, running up the tackles too. And in between, but we'll see what happens there. But I, I, I do think Mississippi state has a chance spreads only nine and a half. I was kind of surprised. I thought it might be bigger. A game that has, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Blake. I was just going to reiterate about the quarterbacks leading their teams in rushing. That seems to be a trend across college football this year. There's a lot of teams that have played this year that their quarterback ends up being their leading rusher on the team. And that's I don't know if it's just the way college football is moving, but it, it ain't going to work out for a lot of these teams once they get into the heart of the season. But it, it's kind of happening across college football this year. Yeah, we've we've said that about a few times, few teams actually. Florida State had that, you know, initially. Uh, obviously, LSU. Uh, there's a couple others I'd, I'd have to go back and look, but I know we've mentioned it a few times. So, got to get a run game going. Next one up, Washington at Michigan State. It looks like it's going to be a good game just by the names. You think, oh, Michigan State, Washington, this should be good. No, but we're bringing this one up for a couple reasons, okay? (laughs) Obviously, we got the Mel Tucker stuff that's gone on. Sparty's in shambles. They don't know. He's not been fired yet. He's fighting back against everything going on. So all the distractions around the program. Washington's a 16-point favorite in Lansing. I mean, that rubs Michigan State the wrong way already. And this is a game where Michigan State – Typically wins it as as much as you know. You hate to say it about they they love having a chip on their shoulder. That's like they they, for lack of better words, they get off on that. <laughs> that's that's what they do. So they you know they like they like being down and out. They like feeling like they're the underdogs. I mean, Coach Mark D'Antonio is coming back. 
So that that's all he preached to him for the last you know fifteen years that he was there. So this is one that Michigan State they got to ride Noah Kim passing, see if he can actually do it. Everybody's saying he's better than you know than most of the quarterbacks in the Big Ten right now. Everybody in East Lansing that is not not outside of the <laughs> of the city, but he's got some talent. You know he's in whatever Washington though. They just need to mute the noise. They they don't need to listen to anything else. They need to let Penix just do his thing, sling the ball, get his get the legs working. But they really have to get actual running help too. They're another team that they they have not been good on the run. Got to open that up, and uh, maybe Michigan State will be the team that they figured out against. Guys, what what you got on this one? I'm a big fan of Michael Penix. I've always been a big fan of his, and I think it's just another Saturday for him. I don't see anything with Michigan State that poses a problem for Washington. I think Washington's got easily a top three, if not the top offense in college football. They've got so many weapons on offense. And you said they don't have a running game, and they they haven't established one, which I don't understand because they've got a solid running back group there. But they they just haven't had to do it, really. They've been airing it out, and it's worked for them. They haven't really been in a situation where they've had to run the football. So they may be in that this Saturday because Michigan State is a little bit more of a test than anybody they've played this year. They'll obviously have a much better defense than the other teams they face. But I still think it's just too much. I don't see Michigan State being able to score enough to keep up with a team like Washington the only chance they've got is if they do what Mel Tucker did, and that is knock on wood. <laughs> God bless. Trevor, I hope you brought your puns to the to the show tonight. I guess we're all we're all I'm hitting gonna, it. I'm gonna be struggling to keep a straight face through this whole conversation, to be honest with you. So we're gonna we're gonna go through it. So the only chance that MSU had is actually playing in at Florida State. The wide receiver that now plays for Florida State is the only person that could have possibly played against Washington. Otherwise, everyone else blows. They blow, no pun intended. <laughs> but, Harry, he brought it but, in. <laughs> but uh no, Michigan State's terrible. Like honestly, I don't see them getting five wins this year. I didn't see him before this Mel Tucker crap happened. Just because of the way like they played last year, I thought it was abysmal. And I didn't see anything in the transfer portal in recruiting class that suggested anything was going to change. MSU does not stand a chance with Washington. And Penix, who is a Heisman candidate, by hands down. And he's going to tear him apart. He's going to absolutely tear him apart because he's not going to give their defense time to get to him. He's going to get that ball out quick. That'll be the game plan. And then their, Washington's athletes will be way better than all of Michigan State's athletes. Yeah, I agree. Washington just has that dynamic offense. I don't see Michigan State being able to squirt out a win. You know, I, I don't see it either. And uh, <laughs> I'm out of witty comments, so we're just going to drive on. Uh, I think they've been railroaded enough. <laughs> we're we're going to move on to Tennessee 
at Florida, t- number 11, Tennessee. They're, they're trying to show what they got. They, they're, you know, their haymaker wins are against Virginia, who's obviously horrible. And everybody's, oh, Joe Milton Heisman, he's going to be number one in the draft. No, no it's, it's not going to happen this year, boys. I'm sorry. You guys have also had an abysmal record against Florida and at Florida. Can they break the trend? I do think they have the team, and Florida's on a down year. But it's, again, at Florida. That's not an easy task. We'll see what Graham Mertz can do. Uh, I, I didn't think he played bad against Utah. I, his receivers had a lot of drops. So it's going to be on Florida receivers helping out their quarterback. Tennessee, on the other hand, they got to start off with a strong offensive push. And honestly, if I were them, I'd take the dang ball and, and try to get some points on the board. Uh, if you win the if you win the dang uh, you know coin toss, set a groove, set set a standard going on, set some some tempo, and really try to get Florida State having to throw, or excuse me, Florida, not Florida State, uh, get get Florida having to throw and put Graham Mertz and his receivers in pressure situations and make them score points. Really, uh, again, the run game is another one that Florida is going to have to get going as well. So, guys, that Florida's uh, they're six and a half point dogs at home. I I don't know about Tennessee though, guys. I really don't. Well, Tennessee did come out against Virginia. They ran up a you know a solid score. Offense was rolling. They've been a lot more balanced this year than they were a season ago, as far as running and passing. Obviously, last year they had one of the most dynamic offenses in college football history, really. But this year they've been a lot more balanced on both sides. Florida, I think starting the season going out to Utah with a new quarterback who I agree with you, Brennan, he didn't play awful. He just had no time to throw the football, and receivers were dropping balls left and right. And Utah was just getting back there, putting a lot of pressure on him. But he hit 74% of his throws on the season, and this is my upset of the week. Taking Florida, pulling it off against Tennessee. I think they've got a good a good enough team to do it. I think they were just skittish in week one, and I think they've got it figured out. They built some confidence this last week and against uh, McNeese State. I think Graham Mertz is a good quarterback, very accurate, smart with the football. I think he's going to do it. Man, I, all right. I dig it, Trevor. And, you know, for once – I think we might actually all agree that Mertz is a good quarterback and he did play well. So we're all in agreement there. But Blake, you dreaming if you think they're going to freaking <laughs> upset Tennessee. They're not that's not going to happen. There's no way in hell they're going to ha- let that happen. But because I said that, it'll probably happen. But <laughs> anyway, uh I I just think I think I really am a fan of Mertz because he really stuck it out in the Utah game, even though he had like like y'all said no time whatsoever. So I respect the respect the kid for that. He he did a really good job of keeping his head throughout the whole game, trying to keep his team in it the whole game, and he came back in McNeese State and they played a really good game there. So I think. As these weeks go on, you're going to see Mertz even evolve just with the rest of the offense 
and I think they're going to keep getting better and keep becoming more dangerous. But I just think it's still too early in the season to say that they're dangerous enough to take out a very a pretty experienced Tennessee team. I will say this, though. Trevor also told me last week there was, to quote, no way in hell that Texas A&M loses to Miami. Just like I said, there was no way TCU loses to Colorado. But it's at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, son, and it's loud there. And Gators like dogs. I've seen Gators (laughs) eat dogs before, and Tennessee's dog looks like it would make a nice meal. Yeah, so. I've seen that video surface online as well. It was pretty gnarly. Uh, don't go walking your dogs around ponds in Florida, gentlemen <laughs> or ladies, if you're listening. Trust me, we've seen it. Trevor, you got a rebuttal? All right, no, not happening. He's 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 going to wait until the picks to show. You know, leave it on the field. We don't talk. We leave it on the field. Uh, next, <laughs> next up, Pittsburgh, West Virginia. This is an even spread that nobody knows. They're like, we don't know who these teams are. They both suck. They're both all right. Odds are they both suck. It's the battle of mid. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to happen again. And <laughs> they're both one and one on the season. They both lost to power five out of conference opponents. though. So, you know, that's at least, you know, somewhat respectable and not losing to a team in the mountain West or, you know, Texas Tech. Sorry, I had to bring them up again. I'm still hurting about that one. But yeah, but West Virginia seems to have a much better rushing attack when I look at the stats and looking at their games. So really, it's going to lean on them just grounding this clock down, getting out of this game without having old Jerk uh, uh, is his name. All right. He's, he's a quarterback for Pitt. You got to let him just stay on the sideline. Right. He's had a pretty good season. Uh, so really, West Virginia, get that running game going. Lean on it. Wear this clock down. Keep Pitt's offense off the field. Narduzzi is a good defensive team, though, so that's that's not an easy task to get your running game going against him. Uh, it's it's all going to lean on that, though. And then West Virginia, they've only they've had two games this season where they've allowed only 75 rushing yards per game. You know, they're average. So that's that's pretty pretty solid from West Virginia defense, too. Pitt's really just got to step it up and air this ball out. I don't see any other way they win it, you guys. Yeah, this is one of the, the tough ones of the week because it's, it's so evenly matched. It's hard to get a leg up on either team. So I'm going with West Virginia just because it's at home. It's a big rivalry game. It's got a revenge factor. You know, last year was the pick six heard around the world where Pitt took it back to win the game. I mean, it was – I remember watching that. It was so loud on TV you couldn't even hear the announcers talking. And I don't think West Virginia has forgotten that. So I think coming back to Morgantown, I think West Virginia takes it. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, I think I'm with Blake on this one. I'm going to go with the home team and just go with home field advantage takes it. Uh, if this was at Pitt, I'd probably go just the other, the opposite way and go with Pitt if they were at home. But right now, these teams are evenly matched, so it's just the easy way to go is go with West Virginia right now because I think they'll be more comfortable. 
and they won't be on the road. They'll have their home fans on. on with, I think they'll end up taking this in the end. Yeah, and we'll we'll find out, you know, really who each team is. I think at this one, West Virginia, they had a very tough start against Penn State. They did they fared pretty decently to start. So we'll we'll see if they can get some momentum going here and maybe get to two and one. Moving on, we're going to go into other games, and later in the show we will get to our official picks and write them down because there might be changes at heart. Who knows? I doubt it, but you never know what happens. Other games to watch this week, we got some other good ones. Minnesota at number 20, UNC. This game kind of is a just a strange one to me. Yeah, UNC is favored by eight points. Yes, they're in the top 20. But UNC has not looked good this season. Outside of, yeah, the nine sacks against South Carolina. But again, whose fault was that? You know, I I don't think that's really a a North Carolina thing. I think that's a South Carolina thing. So really, Drake May, he's missing his receiver from last year. He's kind of been, I don't want to say mediocre, but it kind of of has been. The, the, The numbers aren't there. So he just, he just needs to continue being serviceable, you know, throw the ball, place it well, hope, hope your receivers figure out how to, you know, help you out a little bit more or maybe place it in a better spot there, Drake. I don't know. But he, his whole deal is he, he, you know, he's just trying to get back in the Heisman race. He wants to, you know, get his team to the playoffs, but he's got to perform better. Minnesota's quarterback, Cali Kamanis. That's a tough one. That's a that's a curveball of a name. He's going to have to be perfect though, because Minnesota, I just I don't trust them, especially after the Nebraska game. Nebraska blew that game for themselves. Minnesota had no reason to win that game, but they had a decent week last week, so it's gonna it's gonna lean on their quarterback on perfect ball placement. First game, he was kind of off until the fourth quarter where he started throwing some dimes. So if he can channel that fourth quarter against Nebraska, I think they do have a chance to beat UNC in Chapel Hill. Guys? I was back on fourth on this game for a little bit because I was just unsure about Minnesota. I was thinking their defense was pretty solid in the games they've played this year because they did look good against Nebraska defensively. But – I just don't know how much of that was them being good or uh, Jeff Sims just being absolute garbage. So it's hard to to make the pick based off of how good is Minnesota's defense. Even if they are as good as I thought they were against Nebraska, I don't know that it's enough because I think North Carolina has a way better running game than Nebraska did. They have a way better quarterback than Nebraska did. Even though they still haven't found that go-to receiver yet for Drake May, I still think they've just got more talent in general than Nebraska had, who is Minnesota's test, in my opinion, on the season. So I would take North Carolina in the game just based off of that. But if Minnesota does get going on offense and their defense plays how they played against Nebraska, they could take the game. I just like North Carolina. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys on this one. But I would make a mention that Drake May's been mediocre. Hands down, know about it. He throws a few dimes here and there. He's basically the the he's just window dressing that's dressed up like a Minnesota quarterback. 
the, the Minnesota quarterback and Drake May, there's very little differences as far as I'm concerned, except for, you know, size and whatnot. But as far as talent goes, arm talent, they're there. Both of them are right there. I don't see any difference really between the two of them, watching, watching both of them. Drake May has had horrible looking passes, and he's not had any good timing with any of his wide receivers, which lends me to believe that he's not putting any time with them. I would like to venture to guess that because of the fourth quarter that the Minnesota quarterback had, he he's got more more in common or more more chemistry with his his wide receivers than Drake May does. So with that said, I think that this is an upset alert again. I think I think that it's going to go down to the wire, and I think that Minnesota could pull it off. They're a Big Ten team. They aren't Appalachian State that's gonna make those little mistakes and whatnot. They're not gonna they're not gonna allow that to happen. I even though it is Minnesota, I get it. But we're talking about a North Carolina team that still is struggling to find their identity. I was just gonna agree with Trevor. I if it come out and Minnesota slings it and beats North Carolina, would not be a shock to me at all, because I think Drake May is a mediocre quarterback too. He's just a middle tier, good enough to get you through a Saturday quarterback. He hasn't done anything to me that says he is a Heisman or a first top 10 NFL pick. You know, people are saying he just doesn't have weapons at receiver. Well, if if that was what the issue was, we would be seeing a lot of dropped passes and such, and you're not seeing that. I'm honestly seeing more bad throws more so than drops and I don't know how much of that is just he doesn't have the chemistry like you said and that, and that's probably part of it but good quarterbacks solve that problem so we will see if he turns into a good quarterback or not I still like North Carolina in the game just based off what I said earlier but Minnesota is certainly capable of pulling off uh, the win yeah and now, if this newfound rushing attack from North Carolina continues, that it could be game over. Uh, we'll see. I, I do think they have a chance. Minnesota's—they usually always pull an, off, an upset or two during the season as well. Next up, we got Virginia Tech at Rutgers. Rutgers is seven-point favorites. Virginia Tech just—they just have not been good lately. You know, it's just not that Virginia Tech of old that we're used to. And it's really a shame because I, I really enjoy Virginia Tech. I like their team. I love their their intro, their stadium. I just I, I dig them. So I want to see them get back to it. I'll say good for Rutgers. They're doing well. They've got a chance for a three and zero start here. And again, they're they're at home. They're seven point favorites. That's that's pretty good for a Rutgers team, man. So really, it's Rutgers defense. They've only allowed forty yards per per, per game on the ground. That's pretty impressive for Rutgers. Uh, granted, they played Northwestern, but <laughs> and that's Northwestern's a horrible team, much worse than Virginia Tech. But I, I just I think Rutgers is going to figure a way to pull this one out at home. I I don't see much of a chance for Virginia Tech, guys. I agree. I can't in my lifetime. I haven't seen Virginia Tech be a zero program. They have been awful the past few years. You know, coming up through school and everything, they was consistently going to uh, BCS bowls, 
hitting 10 win seasons, having Heisman candidates. You know, you, they were always a tough team and they were fun to watch. They've got a great atmosphere, loud there. I don't know how a program that was so vibrant like that has went downhill like they have, but for whatever reason they have, and this year they're really struggling. They can't run. They can't throw. It's weird hearing Rutgers being undefeated at 3-0 and like they're probably going to be Saturday because I think they're going to beat Virginia Tech too. I don't know what else to say about this because Rutgers is Rutgers. I still think that they are still the Rutgers we know. But like Blake said, it's very weird to live in a day and age where Virginia Tech is not a premier ACC program anymore. It's 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 just weird to say it. It's weird to say it because even like I'm a bit old, I'm a little older than my counterparts here, and even I mean the Virginia Tech Beamer, the whole nine yards, old the Enter Sandman intro. It's like. You want to go there. Like these kids, like I guarantee you, most of these kids would want to be there. It's something to do with the coaching atmosphere or the locker room atmosphere that they currently have right now. That's just not, not getting it done. Cause I mean, X's and O's, playbooks, things like that, that those come and go. But atmospheres, locker room atmospheres, coaching atmospheres, that will destroy or uplift a program. So I think that might be, I have no, no, data or facts to go on but it's just my personal opinion outside looking in that is usually the biggest factor in a program's whole way of changing when you go from a top tier program where everybody views you as a top 10 team going into every year to going from an unranked team and no one expects you to be in the top 25 it's a very stark difference just from a few years a couple years ago so with that all being said, I think Rutgers does end up pulling it out, but it's weird for me to say that. Yeah, it certainly is. And when you look at schedules and, you know, what teams are going to go, you know, their ranks and, you know, and their, their final projection on the season, you're glossing over Virginia Tech now when you look at, at scheduling. And that is so strange. I know we're all reiterating the same thing, but it just it's, it's just baffling to me. And we even talking about Blake mentioned it. Their rush, their running game is horrible. I mean, sixty yards on the ground is their average right now. I mean that that's awful. So I I don't see it happening for them. I unfortunately I hope they do because I I you know Rutgers tried to have that rivalry with Michigan. You know the fence, the garden stuff. But you'd have to go back a few years to look into that, but. I want Virginia Tech to win. I don't think it's going to happen. Next up, it's kind of game I think that could be an upset alert. I think we mentioned it earlier, the Oregon State looking ahead. Washington State's coming up next. But San Diego State at Oregon State. Oregon State's number 16. They're moving up. Like I said, they're, they're, they're Jeffsons, man. They're moving on up. But they're 24.5-point favorites. Uyangalele, he's going to really have to be a – lead this team when they could have a look ahead game they, he's got he's got to go out there and just lead the team pass it well and keep their keep their morale high keep their focus on this week because they have a strong chance here one at getting inside the top 10 soon 
And two, making a run for the Pac-12. I mean, the Pac-12, you know, they've got good teams, but it's to me it's a wide-open conference this year. San Diego State's going to come in. They're going to be try to play spoiler. Yeah, they had a they had a loss against UCLA, but they can rebound. They can run the ball decently. They've given, but they're giving up about 300 yards passing a game. So that that's the one right problem right there. If Oregon State does the right thing and they just go out and start slinging this thing, it could be over very quickly, and it probably should be. But there is a chance. There is a chance. The bees have had a balanced attack. They. They've been able to run it. They've been able to pass it. So if they can go out and just do what they want to, this isn't even going to be a game at the end of the first quarter. I agree. And I also got to take it back to our first episode where me and Trevor talked about Ugalele at Clemson. And he said that he would (laughs) – he's throwing his hands up. I wave the white flag. I submit to you, Trevor. Ugalele is slaying out there, but it says more to me about the problem at Clemson and player development, or it could have just been the scheme he was in, but it shows that he is definitely a potentially very good quarterback that Clemson lost. He's went to OSU and he has slayed. He He's had a really good year this year. And he's leading the team, and I think they're going to do it again. I think it's a blowout even. Their offense is clicking. They've got a really balanced attack. they got two running backs that can take it the distance. I I like them a lot. And I didn't expect them to make as much noise in the Pac-12 as they are. And I said it last week that the Pac-12 has a lot of strong teams in it, and they are arguably the strongest conference in college football right now. And I think that will continue. Until, you know, conference play starts, you know, some are going to start losing. But this is, uh, I think it's just another day for Oregon State here. I like the beeves. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you, Blake. I appreciate you agreeing with me. It makes me happy in my heart. But, no, Oregon State's going to whoop their butts. There is no, there's no chance in the Aztecs even stay close with these guys. Oregon State's on a different level than any other team that San Diego State has played. Oregon State's just offensively clicking on every cylinder that they need to be clicking on to going going into the Pac-12 schedule. Now, like Blake said, I, I'm in 100% agreement with him. Pac-12 is surprisingly talented across the board. I would say right now, the way they're all of the Pac-12 teams are playing consistently so far over these past couple weeks, they're probably the best conference right now, top to bottom. I mean, I'm I'm a Big Ten guy. Brennan's a Big Ten guy. Blake's an SEC guy. We both know both conferences are really both conferences that we look at are really good. But right now, top to bottom, you can't. You can't tell me that there's a better conference than the Pac-12. All of their teams are performing from from week one. The, all of the Pac-12 teams have performed at a high level, and that is very impressive to say the least. So, done with my monologue, but yes, uh, Oregon State's going to take this one uh, big time. And it's sad to say, too, how well they're doing – and it's the last year of it. 
that's that's the saddest part of it all. I mean, you have UCLA, USC, Washington and Washington State, Oregon and Oregon State, Utah. They're all performing well. Colorado. I mean, that's seven teams that's just – you don't see that out of the Pac-12. It's just unheard of, really, for all teams like that to just be clicking. And the SEC this year, my God, it's just – it's getting toasted. Everybody's making fun of us with the it just means more memes. I hate it. <laughs> hey, I, it's – you know, conferences, they come and they go. And uh, sadly, yeah, the Pac-12, it looks like they're they're blowing apart. But don't forget, Oregon State, Washington State, they're they're suing the conference. They just got a um, some sort of law thing. I'm not exactly sure on the verbiage of it, but they're lot they're blocking a part of what the Pac-12 is trying to do and trying to use the, the Pac-12 is trying to use the money of all the conferences to pay for the buyout or something. And uh Oregon State and Washington State are going to try and fight this and they've got potential to lock anybody else out of their conference championship games. So it could literally just be <laughs> Oregon State playing Washington State in the Pac-12 championship game, no matter what what else happens in the rest of the conference. So it could be very funny at the end of the season. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a very exciting time for them to finish out like this and then just implode, and then, you know, everybody goes their own separate ways. I think it's kind of cool. It sucks, but it's cool. I don't know. Uh, next game up that we didn't have it on our on our picks just because, one, the spread is huge. UGA, South Carolina. South Carolina's got every chance to do something here if their offensive line figure out how to block. And that's the biggest question. I don't know if they did. UGA, they're playing at in Georgia. And really, it's going to come down. Georgia, how are they going to look against a real defense? They've played cupcakes the first two games. South Carolina, again, can they get their O-line going to, to save Spencer Rattler's life? Because he's been running for his life for the last <laughs> the last two games. I'm surprised he made it out of North Carolina, you know, not on a stretcher. So <laughs> you bring it in with the Georgia defense, Lord help that man. I I don't know. I don't know how he's going to do it. Uh, then Carson Beck against a, a decent secondary. Again, this is his first real – uh, test against a, a solid defense. Spencer Rattler is going to have to play a perfect game and have the game of his life to pull off this upset. And he's not going to be able to do that without help up front. They have got to have made some drastic improvements because this is going to be the toughest defense they face all season. I just don't know that they've got it to be able to protect him long enough. Even if Georgia's offense isn't, you know, what people think it could be, Carson Beck's been decent. They just haven't really faced a tough opponent yet. But I think Georgia, this is a game, if they could just put up 24 to 27 points, they can probably scrape by with a win. I just don't think South Carolina's going to get the protection up front for a Rattler to be able to pull it off. It'd be nice to see, but realistically, I just don't see it. 
Yeah, absolutely. South Carolina's got nothing. Uh, even if they got a whole new offensive line, I still don't think it's going to matter much. Because, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about the defense on Georgia, but, I mean, by my count, they got at least six top top 25, top 20 picks in the going into the NFL draft. These guys are loaded on defense, especially on the front four. The front four are beasts, absolute beasts, and the offensive line. <laughs> Spencer Rattler, we pray for you. Well, defensively, you know, Kirby is the GOAT junior. <clears throat> so, I mean, he's going to have the defense ready. I mean, he's one of the best defensive minds in college football. So, I just don't think South Carolina is going to be able to pull it off. It's too stout. Yeah, I'm with you guys. And spread, again, it's 27.5 points in favor of UGA. So, I would love to see it. I Rattler, again, he has played wonderful this season. And it's a huge turnaround for him. So I'm I'm hoping that he has changed, you know, not just his his play style, but his attitude as well. Because when he was when he was a recruit, when he was at OU, he had a horrible attitude. So hopefully, you know, not just him, you know, growing in this game, but also growing, you know, in his attitude. That helps him lead his team to a victory down in UGA. I, I would love to see it. Don't think it's gonna happen though. Uh, Syracuse, Purdue next. This is a two-and-a-half-point favorite for uh, Syracuse. I think this is a game that could be very high-scoring. Another one that Purdue, they, they've kind of they kind of got slapped around early you know, against uh, Louisville. But this, this is one that I think that Syracuse and Sanders – or, uh, excuse me, Schrader's quarterback, he's really just going to have to air it out. Purdue's got a solid defense – they're not great. They're not world beaters, but they're not bad either. So it's going to have to be on the passing attack of Syracuse. And then again, the passing attack for Purdue. They're going to have to sling this ball. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I know it's a two-and-a-half point, but I, I, I think Purdue is going to find a way here. Syracuse is not a bad team. They're they're just not there. I don't know. There's just something about them. I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling them getting this win at Purdue. I actually like the cheese balls. I, I think Syracuse is going to take it to Purdue. I just, I don't know. When I look at the teams that Syracuse has played, I just, I, I think that the the teams that Purdue has gone against will give them a better chance early on to set a, a tone and, and to, you know, defend what Syracuse is doing. Yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, we're talking about Purdue and Syracuse guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, uh, sure, flip a coin; it's possible either way. It wouldn't surprise me if whichever team wins, it's not a surprise because they both kind of suck. Um, so, uh. With that said, I'm going to just stick in the Big Ten and go Purdue because I think that they just have the better fronts to beat down on Syracuse a bit. So 
that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. This is part of that. Oh, it's, you know, it's a weaker week. Yes, in names and everything, but these are going to be good games. Go watch them if you're not. You're not a real football fan. I don't care. Uh, next one up, BYU at Arkansas. Arkansas is an eight-point eight favorite. I don't think BYU stands a chance based on how they've done on the first two games. Like I said they Sam Houston State. They they don't they barely beat them. How are they going to go into Arkansas against KJ Jefferson and, and do anything? I I just don't see it. But again, they're only eight point favorites somehow. So maybe uh, maybe Vegas knows a little something there. I I have no idea, guys. BYU is always a team that can give a team a fit. I mean, Vegas does have the the eight points, but Arkansas's just got more talent, better athletes. They got it at home. KJ Jefferson, he's a solid quarterback, veteran, lots of experience. I just don't see them tossing it up to BYU. But you never know. But I'm taking Arkansas. Y'all, BYU doesn't have a chance. The way they have played these first couple weeks, I don't know if they would have a chance against San Diego State, let alone Arkansas, who has been playing very well to start the season. They've got they've got a lot of things going for them. I think Arkansas Arkansas might be one might be something where they're going to sneak in as a dark horse uh, in the SEC on their side of the things. Um, just kind of the way things are kind of playing out for the SEC right now. But but yeah, it's Arkansas all the way on this one. I don't see BYU sniffing. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. Uh... It's going to be a, a miracle for for the other side of the Soren Mormons. Uh, they're not these Soren Mormons; they're the other side of the Soren Mormons. You know, they're because it's the Holy War, right? That Utah, but whatever you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, got good luck, guys. It's not happening. There's one other game that we could talk about. I don't really have anything on it other than you know it's TCU trying to make a rebound. Trying to get back on track here against Houston. Houston took an ugly loss last week. Uh, so, TCU, I think they're going to come back. I think they're going to show that they are something. Yeah, they, they overlooked Colorado. They didn't, Nobody knew what Colorado was. So let, let's, see what, let's see what TCU can do. Maybe they can get back into the race of the Big 12, which, again, up here is wide open to me. Texas, obviously, is the main – they're the, they're the lead dog right now. Kansas State is trying to show something. TCU is trying to show something, too, and uh, get some respect put back on their name. So TCU is going to try to get something going. I I still don't think they're going to even sniff the Big 12 title game this year. They're they're just not that good. Trevor, you got some? Yeah, man. So, hey, I, I wanted to ask you all something. Since we haven't really talked about them yet, I don't know how many more games you have on your list uh, to talk about. No, was that the last one? Was that the last yeah. one? Yeah. So I was wondering um, what y'all think about uh, the early, early, early season rivalry game that's happening between Colorado and Colorado State. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Shadur Sanders is going to have a field day. He's going to rack up 500 yards passing, and they're going to beat the living hell out of Colorado State. I got the Rams, man. The Rams are doing it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Colorado's going to 
they're not going to be able to run it again, just like they have in the past two weeks. They're just going to throw this thing up and <laughs> and just beat the hell out of them that way. It's it's straight air attack. Yeah, I, I completely season. I completely agree with y'all. It's just I was just curious. I saw it happen to be. I I was looking at uh, my notes. And I was like, oh wait, I made a note about Colorado State and Colorado. So I figured I'd ask y'all about it because yeah. I'm curious to see if this. See, here's my problem with this particular game: is that one, it's a rivalry game where I do think, hands down, Colorado should beat should beat Colorado State. But then you got to take in the fact that next week they got to play Oregon. So this is a dangerous game in my thought in in my mind because we have been talking about a few teams this year have already been caught looking to the next game. And a lot of those cases the next game was a ranked team. So this is this is a could be a trap game for Colorado in my opinion. I think Deion Sanders has the mentality of that team laser focused on on building their program. I don't think that they're going to show any slack because this is probably their last easy game of the season. Starting next Saturday, it gets real for Colorado. Yeah, and, you know, we, we talked about that earlier in the show is looking ahead. You know, could teams get caught looking ahead? And Trevor brings up an excellent one because they very well could be looking. They probably should be looking ahead a little bit and already pre-gaming. For this one, because next week's going to be a doozy. Uh, I don't know. I, I still think, like Blake said, they're they're going to be dialed in because th- this is a this is prime times time to shine. This is it, and then it gets really really hard. So I don't know. We will we'll see what happens with it. But I, I'm looking forward to tuning in and watching. It should be a fun one to to, to watch either way. Well, guys, we, we covered up the games. Uh, next week's going to be. Probably a long episode because we've got a lot of games <laughs> to cover. I I don't know how we're going to get through them all. We'll have to speed round. But closing out here, just like we do every week, we're doing our gridlocks of the week. We're doing our official picks. And I do have a surprise pick I'll throw at you guys. We usually do five. Last week we did six. Well, we're doing six again this week. And uh, you'll you'll learn about it when we get there. So let, let's go back over our picks of the week. Guys, who are you picking Kansas State, Missouri, officially? I've got Kansas State. Yeah, give me that Kansas State action. I, I like it. I like it a lot. All right, LSU, Mississippi State. I'm going with the Bayou Bengals. I think I'm going to stick with LSU. I think they're going to come out, come out angry and take it to Missouri. I guess uh, I've kind of skipped over myself when writing these down. So I'm going to go back real quick. Yes, I'm taking Kansas State. I'm also going to take LSU. I I think Mississippi State does keep it close for a little bit. But in the end, it's not happening. Next up, guys, Washington, Michigan State. I, I think it's safe to say we're all <laughs> Washingtons on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Washington. Um they're going to be pumped like Mel Tucker. I just think they've got too much uh, firepower, and they're just going to be dropping loads all over Michigan State. No chance. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Washington pick. Definitely, definitely going to happen. And um, Michigan going State's with... going to be begging. For, <laughs> Sorry, for mercy. I'm going with the Purple People Eaters. <laughs> I'm going for Washington as well. All right, so we'll we'll leave Michigan State in the dust here. Tennessee, Florida. What you guys got? I'm going with Florida, taking the Gators, pulling the upset. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Going bold. Uh, yeah, I'm going to actually go Florida as well, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. I like Florida a lot in this game. You know, I threw on you. We're, Did we're you know all I- picking the same things. I was not expecting this this week. <laughs> I thought you picked Tennessee I got earlier Florida in the team. show. <laughs> Tennessee's not doing it. God, it almost oh, makes man. me think I need to change my pick because maybe I'm not seeing something. <laughs> I thought well, Trevor now I feel bad. Now I'm like, okay, <laughs> hold on. Something's wrong. Something's yeah, we wrong. never all three agree like that. <clears throat> but maybe I we're all seeing it, the same thing. I guarantee on this next pick, who you guys got for West Virginia Pitt? I'm taking West Virginia. Well, I've already said it, so I'm not going to not say it now. I'm going West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, in reality, all I mean, right. Just repeating what's already been said about Florida, they. I just think, I think they've got the talent and the players to have a good season. I just don't think week one showed what they're really capable of. I don't think they had it figured out yet, and I think having that McNeese State game last week really helped them. Because they, I watched some of the highlights of it, and they they looked like a different team. It, it was a different team out there. I think just nerves and being on the road against a top team like that in week one with a new quarterback. I just think it was a lot of pressure, and they kept it simple, and they made little mistakes on simple things. But they looked a lot better this past Saturday, and I just think they're going to be wound up for this game. And if they're going to catch Tennessee, this is the time yeah. to do it. I hear you. I, I think, again, history's on their side uh, when it comes to this game. Ten- Tennessee's only won, what, two of the last 18? Uh, so, I mean, that's not good. I, I believe they've only won like five or six times in the swamp. I don't know how that's even possible, but I just it feels like a Florida thing to me. West Virginia again. So here's a surprise pick. Maybe this will will get some change up. It's uh you know the September 11th you know weekend. They, we're, we're doing some. We got Army playing. We got Air Force playing. So I'm picking Army versus UTSA. Army just put up big points last week. Who do you guys have in this one? Freaking climb, <clears throat> climb to glory. You Army all the way. All right, I'm blind. I'm blind by my faith in the Army football team and the Army <laughs> organization. It'd be nice to see Army win that game, and they could definitely do it. Uh, UTSA hasn't really lived up to expectation this year for me, but it's a tough one because I hate to pick against UTSA because I, I do really like them, but I'm gonna throw it up, and I'm gonna change it up a little on y'all and I'm going to pick UTSA. Oh man. 
That's a good pick, though. It's hard not to pick UTSA against the Service Academy, but you know, I I do love hey. I love the Army. Yep. You know, if Army I, gets that know, ground game going, I got they my can feelings for the Army. But uh, you know who I picked to win their conference? That was UTSA. I'm going UTSA. I, I think they are going to find a way to win it. That's who I got. And I still I feel like we need to throw one more pick in, just a random game, just to, to throw – just I'm you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm pulling up the games. I'm going to scroll and just find one that's got a very small spread. And you guys – we're gonna we're gonna do one more pick this week, okay? I love it. I love it. Let all me. Right. You know what? Just... I, I, I'm already happy because I have one pick out of this whole set that I'm different than y'all at. So if it happens to come out that Army wins, that means I've gained gained one up, gained a, <laughs> gained, gained a win against Blake. So I'm catching up. All right, here it, here it is. No, we've got no information on this. This is just random happening. The spread is only two and a half points. I'm not telling you who it's in favor of. Louisiana, UAB. The Raging Cajuns and UAB. Take a pick. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, (laughs) Jeez Louise. Oh, man. I'll make the pick first. I like UAB. I like UAB. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay home with it, and I'll just go UAB as well. Honestly, to be honest with you, because I don't I don't know much about Louisiana, but I'm pretty sure UAB has started out their year pretty good. And uh, both teams are one and one. UAB is a favorite, two and a half points. I'm going Louisiana, baby. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All right. That's enough for the randos. Hey, Maybe that next week's going to be crazy. Uh, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Um, it's in Birmingham. Okay. And that, that makes sense because it should. Be, it's pretty much an even spread because uh, you get three points effectively for being a home team. So it, it, it should be a close one. Yeah. They. Uh, is this Trent Dilfer's first year at UAB or is his second season? Mm. It's his first up. Yeah, first. Yeah, well, maybe so first. I, ooh, I'm pretty sure it's his first year because if I remember correctly, they did like a documentary on the off the his his summer workouts and stuff with him being the, at the helm and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like him. I've heard him talk a couple of times on some of the shows I've listened to, and I like his philosophy mm-hmm. and just his way he tries to get to players mentally to focus and stuff. I've listened to him talk about like psychology and some of the methods he uses yeah. to help get players focused and stuff. I think, I think he'll do good things at UAB. Yeah, it should be. I think he's always been at the, uh, the senior game too, right? The mm-hmm. senior bowl. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been one of the coaches there. So yeah, I, I'm excited for him and UAB has got a good coach there. This yeah. That, a good he, person he's for sure. Uh, He's he's been on record at saying also, which gives a lot of those kids at UAB confidence, is that he is not coaching to get a bigger coaching job. He doesn't need yeah. one, doesn't want one. He can't he went to UAB to build it back up and that's it. Yeah. And so 
I don't know. I think that'll resonate with a lot of kids that they know that the coach ain't going nowhere, isn't going anywhere, at least as of right now. Oh, yeah, um, I respect it. So I respect that a lot about him. Uh, outside of the things that Blake just said, just that alone makes me respect him because, like, at the end of the day, these kids are still only 17, 18, 19 years old going to college, and these co- coaches are telling them to go every which way. It it makes sense that you want a coach that you know will be there. Yeah, very fair point. And, gentlemen, the last thing of the week, we, we did seven picks to try and get some, some change up. Next week's going to be crazy for for picks. I, it's there's going to be a lot of back and forth, I believe. However, last thing for this week is our gridlock of the week. What are your gridlocks, gentlemen? Let me know. Well, hopefully this ain't all the same, but I was going to throw uh, the Florida Gators over Tennessee as my gridlock of the week. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. But I think I'm going to go with uh, not really anything surprising about it at all is that Washington over MSU. I'm gridlocking that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I picked Kansas State is my gridlock over Mizzou. I I just think uh, Will Howard's going to be too much. So we got it all written down. I've got I've got it all copied down. So there's no change ups. We got no oh you know no I, it's not gonna happen with these guys anyway. But just in case Trevor gets a little squirrely on game day when uh, Army's getting stomped by UTSA. Um, sorry Army. <laughs> as much as I, I I somewhat love you. So we're guys we're we're done. I I don't have anything else. You guys got final thoughts? Anything going into week three? I'm there's a couple games I'm just I'm excited to see I want to see how uh Michael Penix performs against what should be a stouter defense I just don't think Michigan State is going to be pumped like their former coach for this game I think Washington walks away with it but it'll be a fun one to watch to see how he performs in that environment and uh, LSU, I want to see how they play against another tougher team versus instead of grambling. So that's all I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to uh, uh, watching Washington run up and down on on Michigan State. I'm literally looking forward to that because there ain't no Sparty on this earth that is going to enjoy that game. <laughs> That game is going to be bad, even though it's my gridlock, and I know it's probably should be something that's a little more controversial of a pick. My grid, gridlock, but I was going to say, but, <laughs> but taking the easy way out. In this case, in light, in lieu of all the events that have happened over the past couple days, on t- and everything that happened last year, this one just is going to. Br- I did this one just because it's going to bring me joy. <clears throat> <laughs> and I, that, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to watching a few of these other games. Army, come on, you got this. And then, um, honestly, guys, like I cannot wait for week four. It is going to be insane. That first week is going to be insane. Bunch of giddy schoolgirl over schoolgirls over here, ready for week four, man. <laughs> 
Mel's talking in front of the screen right now, ready to go. <laughs> hey, don't schoolgirls and Ed Odron, don't let him get up to East Lansing either. Though be careful there. Um, but yeah, that that's all we got, guys. And thank you again for listening. We hope you you continue tuning in and sharing and subscribing and liking all that type of stuff that people tell you to do when they watch videos and listen to things. So it is great. Either way, we're, it. we're grateful for you guys listening. And Blake, what what's that? I just said it was greatly appreciated. Yes, we we truly do appreciate the uh, the listeners that listen to us and uh, you know give feedback. So we appreciate you guys. Hope you guys have a great night and get some football watching this weekend. We'll talk to you later.